Obey the Lord? Oh, that's fairly easy. We tend to do it all the time. Follow suit with the Lord? Sure, we can do that as well. How about praying to the Lord? It's a little bit tougher, doesn't it? What about loving the Lord? Well, that is a challenge that we'll explore today on Abounding Grace as our teacher and pastor, Chris Gordon, will take us to Psalm 18. It's a message that, again, he's entitled, Loving the Lord, a challenge for the day. Let's catch up with Pastor Chris in Psalm 18, shall we? For today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. The psalm is recorded in 2 Samuel 22 at the end of his life. I think that's an important clue. Uh, then you have you know, David with some of his last words. And the psalm begins by describing how precious the Lord is to David because of what his life testifies. The Lord has been, David says, and I'll come back to this thought, absolutely wonderful to me. The Lord has been absolutely wonderful to me. I don't believe you can appreciate verses 1 and 2 until you understand what gripped David. So I'm going to come back to 1 and 2 a little bit in a little bit in a few moments. The psalm captures something special. It's as if David turned around and looked back over the course of his life, and he's looking over everything that had happened to him. Now, what if you could do that for a minute? What if you've, some of you are, are, are elderly here, and you could look back over the course of your life with a clear view to the past, and you could see all the difficulties that have happened to you along the way, all the hardships, all the, all the pains, all the losses, all the griefs, um, all the difficulties, if they could be categorized and you could see them clearly, what would you see? Well, this is exactly what David's thinking about. This is exactly on David's mind. He has drafted and under the inspiration of the Spirit, he's, he's given these words as he is thinking about the long course of life. You remember what Saul did to him? There were times when he was in the desert. He had been completely assaulted by the king. Uh, in the rocks, remember, twice he had spears hurled at him to kill him. One day Saul tried to pin him to a wall. Saul's military, he commanded his military, his whole military to kill David. He was hunted like an animal in life. See, we, don't, we, we, we went through some of that, but we like to talk, look at the moments where he was on top. <laughs> we like the David and Goliath moments. There was a lot of this in his life. How many wars did he fight? He was hunted like an animal in the wilderness. And that was at the beginning of life for him. How many times in wars, the Philistines, the Moabites, the Edomites, and then the horror of his own son, Absalom. <laughs> it's a lot to take. And then his sin with Bathsheba. And then the death of his young infant son. You see it all. He's not just describing one event. He's an old man. He's standing back from a life of affliction a life of sorrow, a life of pain at times. And he sits down and he describes the whole thing. In my distress, look at it, verse 4. 
In my distress, I called, verse verse 6, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. And he heard his voice, and he says there, he heard my voice from his temple. Not a singular event he's thinking about. He's thinking about the whole story. Thinking about the whole story. Uh, The superscription says of Saul, but it makes clear every enemy, every difficulty, every enemy he faced. And verse 4 captures what that is, what that looked like. Um, verse 4 is really fascinating. It's beautiful poetry. Notice it in our translation. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. Now, this is why sometimes I think you haven't related to the Psalms as much as you should, um, because you said, what is that? That just sounds like foreign language. And we've assumed enemies to be spears coming at us. Um, I was reading the old Geneva, and I don't know why. I, I, sometimes I like to do that, look at some of the older translations, and to see. And I was struck by how clear it was. Much clearer than our ESV. Listen to it. Listen to those verses again. The sorrows of death, and you can compare it with what's in front of you. The sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of wickedness made me afraid. The sorrows of the grave have compassed me about. The snares of death overtook me. Even more interesting is the 1566 Great Bible. It's actually commissioned by Henry VIII to all the churches in, in, um, in that time. It was to go in every pew, and they bolted that thing down to the pew. But li- listen to the 1560, well, it's actually 1539 Great Bible, um, the when it was first put out, and I think its last revision or last um, printing was 1566. This is, this is it. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the overflowings of ungodliness made me afraid. The pains of hell came about me. The snares of death overtook me. I think that gives us a little more clarity there. David looks back over his life and he's kind of capturing, summarizing the big problems of his life, the big hardships of his life. And what he experienced about life was, he says, I was constantly the whole way subject to death. And I was subject to the grave. There were so many times it could have been over for me. There were so many times it could have been over. And he says something I think we can relate to kind of strongly. The overflow of wickedness. The floods of wickedness. He says, I lived life under constant fear of this. I was afraid of this. Interesting to consider the times we live and we have always had before us. I don't think you realize how much you carry it around is the fear of death. We worry about this. And we worry about when it's going to come. And um, we even worry about hell. Yes, even the righteous worry about hell. And then we live in a world filled with lawlessness. 
and evil, it's scary to think of what could happen, isn't it? I mean, this is why we're glued to the news. Think of the evils of our day. Think of the death in our day. Think of the millions of babies aborted. Think of the lawless governments. Think of society that seems to grow worse and worse as we see it. Whether we admit it or not, these are fears that constantly plague us. Does God deliver? And then you deal with your constant sin. And you deal with rebellion. Can I have any assurance beyond my impending death? All around us are discouragements. All around us are letdowns. All around us are, and then of course, surprising things happen. Difficult things happen that you never expected. What shooting will we see this week? What death? Think of a pastor's daughter. And we sink into depression and fear. And we have no ability and strength to deal with any of this. We have none. Here's the beauty of the psalm. And then real oppression, I might add. People who really do oppress. People who really do harm. David is standing back from it as something that's true of life. Verse 6, again from the Geneva. But in my trouble, did I call upon the Lord, and I cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry did come up before him, even to his ears. That's a verse to memorize. It's a beautiful verse. Every single time he got down on his knees, every single time he was full of fear and he got down on his knees and he cried out to the Lord, did you hear it? I heard you, David. He heard from his temple. Have you thought about that? You know, when John described the prayers of the saints in Revelation, he describes them as coming up to God into the throne room as bowls of incense that are received. And then fire came back down on the earth. Remember Revelation 8? Dear children, I hear, I I hear, I see, and I want you to know that I answer. When David says the evils that came upon me and the the wickedness in the earth that overwhelmed me, that caused me great fear, and the the death and hell that, that surrounded me and all the evil that happened and the real attacks from Saul and everything that I could span over the course of life and understand and see, I called, and here's the truth of the matter. All of it he heard. And all of it he answered me. You see the encouragement the psalm is to pray. It really is a big encouragement to prayer. And it's encouragement that God answers. You know, this is this goofy country music song. This is in my, not in my notes, which just came to my head. I shouldn't do it. Goofy country music song says, you know, sometimes one of God's greatest gifts is unanswered prayers. Well, I guess if they're selfish. But he answers the cries of his people. 
And that's the imagery that you have in Psalm 18. What happens is God answers. And have you ever wondered, how does God answer? How does God answer our prayers? If you could look back over life and see, how did God answer our prayers? Uh, to our young people, when you cry out to the Lord and you're struggling with, with, with all the pressures of life and the difficulties of life, how does God answer your prayers? You don't hear any response, do you? Here's what the psalm says. It's awesome, says David. I, I got to tell you about it. I got to tell you about it. He said, my prayer went up to his ears and all of a sudden the earth shook. It rocked and all the mountains trembled and quaked and he was furious in anger out of his holy habitation. Smoke, verse 8, went out of his nostrils. A consuming fire out of his mouth. Coals were kindled. Again, the Geneva. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon cherub and did fly. (laughs) It's It's the imagery of this. And came of flying upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. And his pavilion round about him. Even darkness of waters and clouds of the air. At the brightness of his presence his clouds passed. Hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heaven. And the highest gave his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. Then he sent out his arrows and scattered them. And he increased lightnings and destroyed them. And the channels of waters were seen. And the foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuke, at thy rebuking, O Lord, at the blasting of the breath of thy nostrils. He has sent down from above and taken me. And he's drawn me out of many waters. Those turbulent waters. He's delivered me from the strong enemy and from them which hate me. For, he's saying they all were too strong for me. There's a few times you should use the word awesome. You know, it's thrown around so carefully in life. This is probably one of them. That is awesome. What we have described is a storm theophany. And David is taking all the language of all the deliverances of God's people all throughout history and putting it together here for you. This is the single story. God's people have experienced all throughout history. When Israel was drawn out of the Nile, he drew me out of many waters. He drew Moses out. When splitting the sea and passing through the land and the fire theophany, that's exactly what's happening. He applies the whole thing to him. And the Lord wants us to see this is the deliverance he gives us. You've heard of the parting of the Red Sea and how he applies that to Moses. David said, you should have seen this. It's awesome. Now, here's the thing I'm showing you tonight. None of you see that in the moment. (laughs) None of you see that in the moment. I find it moving Because what he wants to tell you tonight is every single cry that goes up from the earth of his people comes to the God of heaven and earth in his throne room. And this psalm functions as a promise to you. He is going to deliver you. And throughout life, look back. He has delivered you. You're here today. You're hearing the gospel. 
He brings us through the waters. Does that mean life will will be easy? No, David had to suffer many difficulties, many hardships, many sufferings, many losses. What he's saying to us is the most encouraging of all things. God draws us out and will save us. God will deliver us. God has delivered us. God will not forsake his promise. This holy God of justice, when you're in Christ, is your defense. Everything that terrifies us that happens in this world, he will will address. He will take down. He will rescue. It'll happen in the right time. That's the promise of the song. It has to happen. It always happens for his people, and it will happen for you. The point of this is to encourage us that God is with us. He will not let us fall. And God wants you dependent upon him in prayer. God wants you to cry out to him in prayer. And the rest of the psalm describes this life of deliverance. You enlighten my darkness. The word of God is proven. Did you see that in verse 28? His word is proven. It's proven true. It'll prove true for you too. You are my rock. I hide myself in the cleft. And then, of course, later in the psalm, he gives another announcement. I will call upon the Lord, and I will be safe from my enemies. Verse 50, great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. David was given deliverance to make way for the greatest deliverance from David's greater son. That's what this psalm turns to. You'll notice here David has in mind another deliverance. The deliverance of all deliverances. The deliverance that we celebrate to this day. The deliverance that we look back on and see it happened. What is he talking about? Well, it's in verse 49. Therefore I will praise you, Lord, among the nations... I will sing the praises of your name. You know where that's found? In the New Testament? Paul cites it. In Romans 15, tells us that David was looking to the most glorious of all deliverance in what this psalm is celebrating, that God did answer us in his love in the cross of his son. You could read the psalm with that in mind. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. The earth shook. The Lord came and he raised his son. And his name, verse 49, is glorified among the Gentiles to this day. That's you. Great is the deliverance he gives to his king. His righteousness shines. And we are hid in him. Now I come back to my question to close this tonight. What inspires the love of the Lord? What is the most special kind of verse here of the psalm that I think is the shocking verse of the psalm? Well, if you understand and appreciate how wonderful the Lord has been to you, and you can appreciate all that he's done, and if you can have any glimpse in life yet, maybe you can as a young person, but if you can have any glimpse in life yet, looking back over the course of your life and seeing what he's done, I can tell you this, every single one of us can look back and see the deliverance. 
you can see the cross. You can see that he shook the earth and came down. You can see that darkness came over the land. You can see what he did to deliver us from our sins. How does the psalm begin? How does the psalm begin? I love you, Lord, my strength. That is a beautiful thing to say, isn't it? The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock and whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. He has promised that no matter what happens, he surrounds you with a shield that he has delivered you and he will deliver you. And over the long course of life, that's what you see. And what does that inspire in us? A beginning to taste what you were commanded to do and created to do from the beginning. To love your God. I love you, Lord. Do you love the Lord tonight? Can't you say it? I love him. I love him. I love him for what he's done for me. I love him because he's proven his word true. I love him because he's delivered me in Christ. I love him because he's upheld me to where I am today. I love him for everything, who he is and what he's done. How could I not love a God who's loved me like that? That's what David's describing. No matter how we're tried and afflicted, no matter how much sorrow and loss and evil we see under the sun, here you are today hearing his proven word. Here you sit hearing his proven word. And ultimately, because you have Christ, you're covered in him. I don't know what ways you're burdened right now. Maybe it's death. Maybe it's fear of death and the grave. Maybe it's somebody actually oppressing you. Maybe it's the wickedness of this present evil age that's overwhelming you. Know this. When you cry to the Lord, he hears from his temple. And he answers you speedily. Wasn't that what Jesus was saying? When he encouraged in all the injustice of this life, a little widow who was taken advantage of, and she kept coming back to the king, and the king would not do any justice for her. And remember, remember, and then finally, because she just kept praying, that wicked king said, ah, I'm sick of her. I'll give her justice just to get her off my back. And Jesus says, no, that's not how the king is with you. You should pray to the Lord and not lose heart. For what's the promise of Jesus' mouth? I will avenge my elect speedily. His cry, your cries reach his ears. He too will take you out and draw you out of many waters. And so may you respond the way David did tonight with this, this week. If a God who has treated me like this could be this good to me and not give me what my sins deserve and constantly protect me and constantly shield me and then give me his best in his son, I love you, Lord. I love you. May we go out and love the Lord our God and begin to taste that great privilege that we have to know him, to be blessed by him, and to enjoy that love in Christ. 
Well, we are out of time today. We'll close today's program out. But look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies here in God's Word with Pastor Chris Gordon here on Abounding Grace. Questions, comments about the program, we always are delighted when you take a moment and reach out to us. You can do so by email, questions at agradio.org. Again, questions at agradio.org. Now, that may be the address, but you are more than welcome to send along suggestions, comments, praise reports, prayer requests, not just questions alone. Again, you can reach us at questions at agradio.org. You can learn more about us at agradio.org. Also, listen to past radio programs. Again, that's agradio.org. Or call us, 888-504-8805. Again, that's 888-504-8805. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Visit our website for those links to the platforms that you like to follow. Again, agradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Until next time, God bless. Abounding Grace is brought to you on this radio station by Abounding Grace Radio Ministries. Hi, this is Chris Gordon, pastor of the Escondido United Reformed Church. I'd like to invite you to our Sunday worship services at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. We have two worship services, 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. We preach Christ and Him crucified with the goal that you would live in the joy of this comfort in the knowledge of the forgiveness of all of your sins. 1864 North Broadway is the address here in Escondido. We'd love to see you this Sunday.